You're listening to the Live, Love, Engage podcast. On today's show, why it's important to heal from a trauma instead of trying to just power through it. Stay tuned. I am Gloria Grace Rand, founder of The Love Method and author of the number one Amazon bestseller, Live, Love, Engage, how to stop doubting yourself and start being yourself. In this podcast, we share practical advice from a spiritual perspective on how to live fully, love deeply, and engage authentically so you can create a life and business with more impact, influence, and income. Welcome to Live, Love, Engage. Namaste and welcome. Welcome to another edition of Live, Love, Engage, as you just heard, and I am delighted to be coming to you live as we've been doing on uh, Wednesdays, Uh, but for those of you who are listening to this on the replay, you're listening to this whatever day it is, but I want to welcome those of you who are watching on Facebook and LinkedIn, and I know that we have got a great show for you today because we're getting an opportunity to chat with somebody that I've known through networking. here in Florida for quite a few years. And she is a really heart-centered woman who has a lot of gifts to share. So I'm going to, before I tell you the rest of who, what she has to offer, I want to welcome, I'm going to bring her in here and welcome Betty, Betsy, Betsy Rossum (laughs) to Live, Love, Engage. Hi, thank you for for sharing Uh, today. Yeah, I'm delighted to have you here, even though I'm starting to call you by my mom's name. That was interesting. Um, (laughs) She was was Elizabeth, known as Betty. Um, But anyway, let me share with our audience um, why, uh, what you do and why I thought you'd be a great speaker for us today. So uh, Betsy is a spiritual counselor, best-selling author, certified speaker, and energy healer with certifications in several different modalities, including Uh, EFT, Reiki, and Theta Healing, among others. And she uses all of these tools to help women heal from unresolved trauma, loss, and grief. And so I thought we would start our interview today actually talking about that specifically because I have teased it and that is what we're talking about today. But I wanted to have you explain, uh, Betsy, just what what is unresolved trauma and, and how does that show up in our life? Um, thank you. Uh, it's so important that, you know, particularly for women, you know, we we're, we're warriors, we're family warriors. And, and we put many of us put ourselves last. And when we're faced with the trauma, we kind of um, trudge through it and we stick on the emotional backpack and just say, I'm in charge and I'm okay. And it gets stuffed. It never gets resolved. And so it's really important that, um, you know, an unresolved trauma, loss, or grief can be from years ago. Um, I know I had childhood trauma that I had never dealt with, um, and it, it showed up in a lot of different ways. And I'm going to be sharing about how, how it does show up. Um, and when we talk about trauma, um, we talk about loss and we talk about grief. Um, Loss doesn't necessarily have to mean the death of someone we love. It can be the death of a dream, the death of a relationship, the the death of a a job or a career that we loved. 
I remember having to grieve the loss of being a home ec teacher for 20 years and mm-hmm. closing the programs. And I absolutely loved my job and I had to grief, grieve that loss. Um, and there was some trauma involved. When we talk about trauma, there's layers to it as well. Um, specific things that happen in in that particular trauma. And so many times we 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 just heal the initial shock of it, but there's layers to it. Um, a really good example is um, five years ago, my youngest daughter was killed by a drunk driver mm-hmm. and the layers show up as triggers. Oh. I remember the first time I was driving my car and I hit 72 miles an hour and that was the speed I was told of the impact of the other car. Oh man. Yeah. Odometer and I'm driving and I'm like, okay. Of course, that's when the EFT hand came in and I could do a little bit of tapping at the time, but I wasn't aware of what the triggers are and having the tools to be able to deal with the triggers as they show up because there's layers. The first layer was getting the call at 3 a.m. You need she's you know she she wasn't declared dead at that time. I just thought I got to pack some stuff and figure out how to get her back here for rehab and then seeing her in the hospital and then the, you know, the different layers to it all Mm. show up. Um, And there were layers I wasn't even aware of Um, going out to a restaurant and seeing families with grandchildren. And at the time I didn't have any, and she was my only hope to have, have any that I thought. And that was another trigger. And then the embarrassment of, being triggered in public. That was another layer. So there's a lot of layers to trauma, loss, and grief. And healing them is important so that we can get through. And um, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Share screen because I do have... Okay. Let's see what I want to share. I'm going to share this, I think. Let's see. Am I sharing it? Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't tried to do this on StreamYard yet, so I don't know how this works, and I don't know if I have to give you permission yeah. or anything or. Yeah, you know, let's not worry about it. I'll just okay. talk. That's um, <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want this information that I'm going to be sharing, it is on my website. Later on, I'll give you the information. It's in a form of a quiz, and there's a checklist. So you can actually go through and do this on your own. But first of all, it can affect our, our health um, by being stressed out, exhausted, overwhelmed. And I remember my daughter was killed in um, August. And that Thanksgiving, I ended up getting shingles. You know, I wasn't ready to do brief counseling. I was like, I, I just wasn't ready to talk about it. I was, I was still in that shock. My body reacted health-wise. So getting the help that you need is really important to remove that initial shock. I wasn't aware at that time that I needed to do that. Um, You can have addictive behaviors, uh, unmotivated, drained, self-critical, living on high alert. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Oh my God, what's going to happen? That kind of thing. And, And we see it all the time being on high alert, 
is huge stressor for oh, high yeah. pressure, heart disease. Mm-hmm. And we've heard the term of, um, oh, I'm heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And there is um, a heart syndrome, you know, broken heart yeah. syndrome yeah. is real. People do die from it. Um, I have to share that her father um, passed away two years after she did from a heart attack. Oh, wow. He was Mm. so angry. So his grief, he stayed in that anger and Mm. and his body couldn't handle it. And he died of a heart attack. And he was young. I mean, he was 60, 62, 63. That's too young. A pilot, a runner. He was at the gym. Um, So... Yeah, it was, it was broken heart syndrome is real. Um, and so our health is really important and, and it can affect our health in, in a lot of ways. So there's a checklist of, of um, and living on high alert is huge. If you've ever had a trauma, and, and I remember um, after he had the heart attack, I, w- I, was, I was on thyroid medication and my thyroid was high. It was, mm-hmm. it was, too much. I was in hyper instead of hypo, and I started to have some anxiety attacks. And I, I don't have that. I meditate, and um, I was scared that I was going to have broken heart syndrome. So I went and got the help that I needed, and we got the meds toned down, and and I was okay. But just the trauma of losing him to broken heart syndrome made me aware of what I needed to do and who I needed to work with. And here's the thing is every good coach, every good counselor, every good um, consultant has people they work with on their own stuff. And I do, too. Um, So that's really important to know. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Because I I know that I've I've been through some experiences myself in my life. And and I appreciate how you were saying when you talk about these triggers and and things like that, because I know... um, I think sometimes also like anniversaries will come up as well, you know, the, and, and you mentioned even like, you know, Thanksgiving, but, but certainly like, you know, birthdays of, of a loved one or something, or uh, that first holiday that you celebrate and they're not there anymore. And, and, and it can be tough. And I know the first um, Christmas after my sister passed, I did not want to be home alone. And so we wound up driving out to Texas to be with my sister-in-law and her family because I wanted to be surrounded by people. I, I was just like, I, I need to be with people. I don't want to be alone. So, um, yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, yeah. You- and so, um, and then I have I have how how it affects our relationships and how it oh yeah wealth um, because it does it there's there's it affects us. We can be emotionally cut off. You know, the mm-hmm. embarrassment of the triggers can, I, I know for me, it's like, do I want, do I, you know, there was a time when my husband's, let's go out to dinner. And I'm like, no. And he's like, why? And I'm like, well, I might cry. And then people mm-hmm. will wonder why. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and, and one of the things that was really interesting is that um, there's a really good book called It's Okay That I'm Not Okay. Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. It's okay that I'm not okay. And it was huge for me. And um, I remember when right after she passed, within a couple of months, we moved to a new new area. And when you're meeting new people, there's always questions. Oh, how many kids do you have? What, what do they do? Where do they live? And it opened up a conversation I wasn't 
sure how to answer. Hmm. And then, and then when I did answer it in like, yeah, I have this, my oldest one lives in New York. My son is in California. And oh, by the way, my youngest died from um, a drunk driver crash a couple of years ago. And they go, I'm so sorry. And the conversation stopped. And all of a sudden they don't want to talk about it because they, you know, they, they, people don't know how to respond to grief in our society. Yeah. They're afraid of, so afraid of saying the wrong thing. They don't say anything. And, and it, I, I felt like, felt like I had a disease, you know, that was contagious. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially as a parent, you know, mm-hmm. that's like one of the worst things that can happen. So, you know, if I talk to you, maybe, maybe my child, you know, um, that's how it felt. Mm-hmm. So um, I had to do more healing work so that I was comfortable in not even really talking about her unless, you know, I had to look at the situation. I had to energetically feel safe Mm. in that space and know that it was okay to share that information and that I wasn't going to um, end a conversation. So um, making new friends was a little challenging. Um, I felt emotionally cut off. People pleasing is another. Um, that was from my child, my childhood trauma. I was became yeah. a people pleaser. Um, not to mention my maiden name, my last name was Wright, um, and I had to be right. You know, that was mm. part. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, suspicious and untrusting. You know, trauma can cause that, especially uh, other kinds of trauma. I know that for me, I, I went through domestic violence mm. and um, childhood abuse. And so trusting, I had to heal so that I could trust myself first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so important. I had to trust myself first because I, my people pleasing, I trusted everybody else. And boy, that didn't work out real well. <laughs> And knowing that I could make decisions and trust myself first mm-hmm. and be able to, and here's the thing. There's a difference between judgment and discernment. Judgment mm-hmm. is about them. Discernment is about me. Mm-hmm. Discern, discernment is what is in my highest and best good. It's not about who they are, what they're doing, it's about what's important for me. And again, setting boundaries. I wasn't mm-hmm. good at setting boundaries. And here's the thing is, when I did the healing, I was able to set boundaries. I respect the heck out of other people that set boundaries. Mm-hmm. I remember I was on a trip and, and I was sharing a room with somebody. And she first thing she said was she gave her boundaries. I'm going to be doing this, this and this. And this is how it's going to work. And she looked at me like I was going to have a reaction. And I looked at her and I said, I'm so glad you said that. Thank you so much. Because you just set a really good example of setting boundaries and how it's how important it is and that it's safe too as well. Um, so that was really neat. Um, can I can I ask you one quick question though? Let's I, I want to follow up on that. So mm-hmm. for someone who might be listening, why is it important for us to set boundaries? What what are the benefits of that? Oh, this is so cool because I have a whole chapter in my book called Making More Than Lemonade Out of Lemons. How are you setting boundaries? Um, um, and in there I have, what's the difference of setting a boundary and a manipulation? 
Because mm-hmm. okay. there's okay. Um, you don't want to feel taken advantage of. Um, you don't want to attract people who are only taking from you. Um, boundaries need to be realistic and reasonable. Um, you don't want too many of them. You you need to decide what's really important in in my best and highest good. Um, boundaries are important because it lets other people know what to expect from you. And where where they can't where they okay, it's a boundary. It's it's and and here's the thing is a boundary is not a wall, it's right. a fence with a gate. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a fence with a gate. And and I get to decide, okay, you know what, this is a boundary, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna move it a little bit just for this person. Mm. Okay. Um, and 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 then I have to look at it and say, okay. If I'm doing that, is that really a good boundary to have? Is it necessary? Mm. You know, um, one of the things that I've learned, too, is that um, with relationships, after doing the healing work, it's very rare that I take things personally. Mm. And that's huge. Oh, huge. yeah. Because if I don't take if, if I don't take it personally, I don't take offense and I have nothing to forgive. <laughs> So we're having to skip a whole lot of steps there. Absolutely. And it's, you feel so much lighter because of that. Cause boy, oh boy, when you, and I know I have done this in the past where I definitely have taken things personally and, and it just hurts you. It really does because it doesn't, the, the other person probably doesn't even necessarily know unless you are like really engaging them about it, but it's really hurting you. So to be able to do that, I know that's, I think one of the four agreements from Don Miguel Ruiz, that book. And yeah, it's, it's so much better when you don't do that. I I love that you mentioned that. I, you know, I love the four agreements. Um, it's one of my, it's like, it's like a a Bible you live your life by. If you can do these four things mm-hmm. and I got to meet him, you know, I got to have dinner oh, with him one time. That was awesome. Oh, but man. Um, it's so interesting because when we, we don't take offense and we don't take things personally, most of the time it isn't about us. Mm, that's true. Yeah. It really isn't. Most of the time they're in their own little world doing their own thing and they have no idea. And a lot of times it's because, and, and this is what I've learned, learned to be an observer in my own life, mm. you know, and a lot of times when I, when it's like, when I start to feel like, Ooh, um, <laughs> I have to look inward and say, okay, this is a, probably a trigger, right? <laughs> this, this is probably something you need to work on, you know, um, I haven't yet had a little notebook where I could write it all down when it happens, but I, I try to remember, you know, and then come mm-hmm. home and do some work on it. Um, but yeah, that's the relationship. Um, and we, we attract when we're not healed, we attract other people who are traumatized. And a mm-hmm. lot of times we want to f- be, we're fixers. We want to fix them because we can't fix ourselves and all this other stuff. Um, it affects our wealth. Um, we're indecisive. We can't make a decision. Um, we can become a procrastinator. Oh, this is really good. I was a huge procrastinator and I discovered that this was years ago, discovered the reasons why. Um, I was really good at doing things at the last minute. And I was, I became a superhero for myself. 
because I can pull it out at the last minute. Yay me. And my self-esteem needed that. When I did the healing work on that, it was like, I don't, I don't have to prove that anymore. So guess what? I can get things done ahead of time. And so most of the time I'm, I, I go places early. I get things done before they're due, way before they're due. Um, you know, unless a crisis or something shows up and, and blocks that. But for me, um, I was I was able to identify what what is this about me procrastinating? And I found it very humorous that I was my I was trying to be my own hero. You know, my self-esteem needed to be able to pull it out. I got my grades done at midnight when they were due the next day. And I remember the day that I tried doing that and the computer crashed and I was in trouble. Mm. I didn't feel good at all. Um, that is, I love that description of it because yes, I have definitely uh, been known to procrastinate from time to time. And, and I'm going to do some thinking on that because I suspect it may be uh, same similar thing in that I do like to be able to say, ah, prove that, well, I, I'm able to get it done even, but it's so much better when you can get it done earlier and then you have time for coffee or yes, exactly. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, perfectionism is another oh, yeah. And people think, oh, I have perfectionism. Perfectionism is a time waste. Mm -hmm. It wastes a lot of time because things, you know, loading the dishwasher perfectly does not matter. <laughs> you know, you sure? <laughs> oh, I remember the days. <laughs> Those kids had to do it too. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I, yeah. And I remember my, my mom had a best friend who crocheted and my mom would crochet and my mom would get so upset if she like missed a stitch or something. And then, it, you know, when she'd have to take, rip all the yarn out, go back and fix it. And her good friend would say better, better done than good. I think she said, you know, it's just like, it's okay. You can handle one little thing, but just get it done. So, And the flaws in life are what make life art. Oh, I think mm -hmm. that would be a really good quote. Mm -hmm. Life is what makes life art. Ooh. Yeah, right. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's funny because I remember years ago, years ago, I, I used to like to sew. I was a home ec teacher and I started sewing when I was 10 and it had a lot to do with my identity back in those days. And I remember when stonewashed jeans came out and I was determined I was going to I bought some denim. I was going to stone wash it in the washing machine, you know, the whole thing. And I, I did it and the denim came out nasty looking. And I made a vest out of it instead. And I applied and it, it came out beautiful. And it was a really good example of how a flaw or a mistake mm -hmm. can be turned into something beautiful, mm -hmm. you know? And again, that's where, in my opinion, um, creativity, when we, when we do the footwork, whether it be art, life, anything, when we do the footwork and we let go of the expectation of the outcome, mm -hmm. we allow the divine source to enter in with its creativity. Woo! Good stuff happens. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. I've definitely seen that in my life. So yeah, yeah I love that you say that. Um, I want to just I know you're, you're, you've been going through some awesome things, and, and I, I will just remind folks uh, who are listening to this and watching it that you can get all of this information. Betsy has it on her website, and I'll put that up again, uh, and I'll have it in the show notes. But I want to ask you a little bit about the work that you're doing with clients. So what 
what gets you really excited about working with people? Uh, you know, um, seeing them become who they truly are meant to be, you know, once they've gotten through the, the trauma. Um, it's, it's so interesting. I have a, a friend that contacted me after she witnessed her dog uh, being hit by a car and she witnessed it and the trauma was so great. She was, she was, she was suicidal and she contacted me and within five minutes we released the trauma and the shock. And she says that ever since then, she's been able to talk about her loving little puppy and I even wrote a book about him. Um, and uh, she, she basically called him her soulmate. It was her baby. And um, she was able to talk about him with joy and never, ever, ever had sadness in her, in her, in her heart over it since we did that. Um, seeing the transformation uh, around other people um, that I work with, my clients. Uh, another client I worked with um, came to me and um, she had had um, a breast lump. Uh, not a, a spot and decided to have a double mastectomy and then regretted it. it like it was too much. And she did it out of fear. Most decisions we make out of fear are usually the outcomes aren't real good. Um, and so um, I worked with her and her husband, she was not driving. Her husband dropped her off. And when he came to pick her up, he said, um, I don't know what you did to my wife, but you gave me back the woman I fell in love with. Um it's the results that I see from my clients uh, and I see them soaring. Another client, um, her business wasn't doing well and we had a conversation and she's like, people don't seem to believe me. And I just don't, they're not hearing me. Hmm. We worked on that. And um, shortly after that, her business took off to the point she had to hire help. Um, they, we found out there was a childhood issue that, trauma, childhood trauma. And, um, we did the healing work in it, uh, um, around it. And, um, it's huge. It is huge. Hmm. Um, when we're able to, you know, I wrote and published my book a year after my daughter was killed. Hmm. I had most of it ready with a totally different title when she was killed. And I say killed, I don't say die because she was killed. It was hmm. the driver killed her. Um, and, and I know that sounds more shocking, but it is the truth, mm. you know, yeah. um, but a year later, I, you know, after she, after she was killed, I said, you know what, I have to use, I have to share some of the, some of the healing from the trauma mm. in this book yeah. and the name changed to making more than lemonade out of lemons. Um, and um, I would not have been able to make it, a, I wouldn't be able to have written it and have it be an, an uh, Amazon bestseller had I not done some of the healing work that I did. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I have several different people that I've worked with on my stuff. Um, and that's real. And I, today I still work with them mm -hmm. because those stuff, the stuff shows up. And sometimes, you know, a, a lot of the, the, like the theta healing I can do on myself, the EFT I can do on myself. Most of it I can do on myself. However, sometimes I don't know what it is that I need to heal. I need mm -hmm. somebody objectively to guide me through that process. And that's why I have someone else that I work with. 
Yeah. And that's, that's an important point that I want to make sure people hear is that stuff is always going to come up because we are living <laughs> and, and there is always going to be a, a new trauma that's going to come up. I mean, shoot, the last couple of years we've had to deal with COVID. I mean, that's been a huge trauma for a lot of people, even whether or not you were sick or not, it could have affected your business. And just staying mm -hmm. home, having to stay home stay at home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you're not used moved, to it, we just moved into a new neighborhood and like, we can't meet anybody. We're yeah. here by ourselves. And thank God I have you know, a loving husband that, you know, we were able to at least, you know, play card games with each other, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's huge. And, and right now the news, yeah, there's a lot of fearful stuff happening that can trigger trauma. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of losses, you know, people lost jobs, people lost mm -hmm. loved ones. Yeah. It was um, freedom we lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That actually brings to mind something. So if someone listening to this is, let's say they're being triggered by what's going on in the world right now, what would you say to them to be able to help them? Uh, obviously, they should, you know, contact someone to to do some work. But is there something that they could do right now that might help? Yeah, a couple of things. Number one, okay. um, if you're not into meditation, try some meditation. You know, you can find all kinds of guided meditations on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. There's some meditations on there. Um, meditation can help you to reduce that stress and the fear. Also, um, there's something EFT, you can find EFT everywhere. And EFT is meridian tapping that you can tap on yourself. Um, I suggest looking up faster EFT um, because the regular EFT, there's a lot of tapping spots and a lot of people get so hung up on where to top tap, they give up. But the faster EFT, there's like four, four or five spots. It's easy, it's fast, and it works. Um, so I would guide them to do that. In fact, with my clients, one of the things that I do when they sign up with me is I send them directions on faster EFT and encourage them to use that because we, when we have a trigger show up, we can't, we can't always contact someone to help us work through it in that immediate moment and having EFT, all you need are your hands. And, um, and if you're in a place where, um, you can't do all this tapping this way that you know, you can tap here and breathe, you know, or even on your collarbone. Like if you're at a restaurant and something happens there under the table, tapping on tapping right here. Yeah. And, and, and you're tapping on the side of the hand for those who are listening. Side <laughs> of the hand. Yeah. And just breathing. And maybe saying peace. I love you. You know, the ho-ho-pomonono ho prayer. I'm like, right. <laughs> you know, you can say that while you, I, 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 you know, I'm sorry, I forgive you, I love you, thank you. Mm -hmm. Those are, you know, meditation, EFT, Hobo, Pubmano, all of those can really help you um, for an immediate relief. Um, yeah. What I do changes the neurotransmitters, those messages, those beliefs that were programmed during that trauma. One of the beliefs that I had as a child um, was I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. And it stemmed from my name is Elizabeth Ann. 
my dad named me. My mom was pissed. She wanted to name me something else. So she refused me, refused to call me by my name. I was called sissy till I was 10. I was embarrassed and made fun of. And this little girl, and I was told, I said, well, why, why, why can't I be called Elizabeth? Because the teachers would call that name out. And she said, well, because you're not. And and I, I said, well, why? And she said, well, your brother couldn't pronounce the word sister, so you're sissy. And I thought, I'm not even good enough for my own name. This is the, this wow. is the thought, the belief. Yeah. This little girl input, whether it was true or not, it was about my mom and dad having a fight and who was in right. the had nothing to do with me, but this little girl. So when we were 10, we moved and I said, you know, can I be called? And she said, yeah, Betsy's a good, Betsy's a good nickname. I'm like, I was relieved to have anything but sissy. But this little girl took that in and this little girl, girl decided she wasn't good enough for her own name. She wasn't good enough for good friends. She wasn't good enough for a good husband who treated her nice. She wasn't good enough for her own health. She wasn't good enough to make good grades. She got into a lot of trouble. <laughs> well, thank goodness she survived though. <laughs> and, and has learned how to be able to heal some of those things. And, and I know, I think the I'm not good enough stuff actually shows up for most people. There's something that happens. If it's not your parents, it's your teachers yeah. or, oh. or, or somebody. And the neighborhood that, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it, it's insidious. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it can be we can retrain ourselves and retrain the brain, as you mentioned, yeah, rewiring those neurons and have some more empowering statements about ourselves. And here's the thing is this little girl that didn't make good grades the first time in college went back and got her master's degree at 51 and made a 3.95 GPA. Wow. Congratulations. I didn't, I didn't realize you had done that at such a, yeah. a later, a later age, shall we say. In the middle of, in the middle of, um, menopause, where you don't, you start losing your mem your memory loss mm. menopause. <laughs> it was challenging, but I did it. And that's because the little girl knew she was good enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I could talk to you forever and ever, and we've got so much going out, but let, let me ask you, is there anything... I love these yummy... I call them yummy conversations. I know, I know. Um, so I'm going to ask you... I'm going to ask you two things. So the first one is, what do you wish you had known when you had started out on this adventure we call life? Wish, oh, you know what? I wish I, I wish I wish I had believed in myself, knew I was good enough, and believed in, and believed in that the higher power, that divine source. I had a connection. And I remember, I, I knew I saw angels as a little girl, but then that programming came in, you know, the earthly programming. Mm. I wish that I had stayed connected during those, I call them foggy years, mm. you know? And then, and then I, it, as I grew older and life got more challenging and I had to fix myself, <laughs> I wanted to get out of that fog then there was an awakening and that continued to awaken. I'm not awakened. I am awakening. I think the day I'm awaken, awakened is the day I'm resurrected up into <laughs> the next space, whatever. Yeah, that is. I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I am looking yeah. at 
I'm looking at a, a thing I posted on my wall. It says, we don't reach the light through endless analysis of the dark. We reach the light by choosing the light. Light mm -hmm. means understanding. Through understanding, we are healed. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's that's powerful. Awesome. So, and actually, I lied. I have two more questions. So, the last, second to last one is: uh, Is there anything I should have asked today that I didn't that you think would be important to share with our audience today? Not really. Not really. We covered a lot of good, juicy stuff. <laughs> well, let's remind our listeners and viewers today um, how, if they want to be able to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Uh, my website, BetsyRosam.com. Okay, you can see it right down there. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have a uh, place where you can click on it and uh, schedule a discovery call so that we can talk about how I can help you, if I can help you. Um, and um, there's a quiz that you can take that has all these different behaviors that show up with unresolved loss, trauma, and grief. And uh, you can sign up for that. Uh, on my website, there's past talks, there's a blogs, um, there's all kinds of really good information there on my website. And yeah, that's the best way to reach me. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and even though, you know, we've, we've known each other for a while, um, I've learned a lot more about you today and, uh, even greater respect for you than I had before. Oh, so, thank you. Yeah. You know, I, I really miss our, our networking, live networking yeah, groups. I, I really miss that. But this was wonderful, and thank you so much. Yeah, well, thank you for being here. And I also want to thank all of you who've been watching and uh, and for those of you who are listening to this uh, recording on uh, your favorite podcast platform. I am so grateful. And I want to ask you if you got value out of this today, I would encourage you to share it with a friend and tell people about it, and that would be awesome. So. Thank you again, Betsy, for being here. And until next time, as always, I encourage everyone to go out and live fully, love deeply, and engage authentically. Did you know that a majority of entrepreneurs tend to discount the importance of their work? And a good number feel their success is simply due to luck. I know from personal experience that self-doubt can keep you from having the kind of life and business you desire. That's why I've created a free guide called Uniquely You, how to move from self-doubt to self-love in four simple steps. To claim your free guide, go to liveloveengage.gift. That's liveloveengage.gift.